Hello, welcome to the Be a Neighbor podcast, brought to you by NeighborWorks Northeastern Pennsylvania, with your hosts, Parker Dorsey and Gerard Hetman. This show seeks to host guests from within and around our local community to highlight community initiatives, news, events, and more. There's a lot going on here in Lackawanna County, and we hope you join us in taking a deep dive through the neighborhood. And remember, be a neighbor. Thank you for tuning in to episode five of the Be a Neighbor podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Parker Dorsey and Gerard Hetman. And today we are joined by a special guest, none other than, please introduce yourself, good sir. Tom Welby, uh, uh, currently serving as state representative in the, in the 113th legislative district. And lots of other things before that, right? So, Westsider. Many things, most of all. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you for coming in. We know you're a busy man. Lots going on in the neighborhood and throughout the district. Lots going on in Harrisburg. And, you know, you are at the forefront of so many good things um, in your current service and prior to this role in many other in many other capacities. So we'll start just by asking, uh, you know, in this way, so many people know you well. They know the face. They know the name. They know the, the true heart of a community champion, I think. When we think of you, somebody like that, that's who we think of. So, but tell us a little bit about your personal background, maybe growing up in the neighborhood, some memories and how you kind of evolved from your earlier days through your career to now in, in just a few sentences. Oh, a few sentences, boy. First, uh, thank you for letting me come in and be your guest. NeighborWorks from day number one uh, has had a special place, not just in my heart, but throughout the region and not limited to Westside for sure. The things that you've been doing in helping people and growing the neighborhood, cleaning up our neighborhood, and also helping to a lot of the residents of the area stay in their homes. Just incredibly important what you do. And volunteering, which you have so many people doing, and, and you yourselves are, are employees of NeighborWorks, but outside of your employment, you're working 24-7 volunteering as well, which is, is really great to see uh, everyone doing. And I came from a family of 13 kids growing up in West Granton, and it has always been described in, amongst my friends as a, a typical Irish Catholic family on the rhythm method, giving new meaning to uh, Irishmen have no rhythm. Uh, but it was terrific growing up in this neighborhood. Uh, it's funny, back then when I grew up in the, in, in the 50s, if you could say I grew up, uh, and then into the 60s, we consider the neighborhood not just to be West Side or Lincoln Heights or, or, or whatever, but the parish. And we considered our, our area to be the neighborhood of St. Anne's Parish. And in our parish, we had a couple of other families that had 10, 11, 12, 13 kids, and they were the McHughes and the Coins and the Hearns. And, and it, I think back and reflect back on it, and, and I'd come home, whatever, in second, third grade, whatever it was, and I'd say, Mom, the coins had another kid. They have 11 now. And it's like, 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 like I think, was that a contest? <laughs> what, what the heck? I, I, but but uh, so, so it, was, it was fun growing up with, with so many kids in the family. And back then, I mean, and, and a lot of it still exists, although not as much. That being, you played in the neighborhood every single day uh, after school. We, we played in, in a little lot right behind where Jaworski Sign Company is now prior to Jaworski. And it's a parking lot in the back. And uh, prior to Jaworski, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And prior to that, it was Sweeto's West Side Bake Shop. And, and, and we used to play ball back there, wiffle ball, uh, kick the can, football. Uh, every, every season, every day was, was a different sport. But we played 
there all the time, and, and, and things were cool, whether it was this neighborhood or, or any other neighborhood in, in, in Westside, in Scranton, Lackawanna County, or, or most anywhere throughout, throughout the region and at that time period. It would be like, okay, uh, that yard over there, we used to call her Aunt Melba. Aunt Melba's yard, if you hit an Aunt Melba's yard because it's so close, it's an automatic out over there. That's an automatic out. And, and when you were playing football, it'd be like, okay, the white Pontiac is the goal line. And, and, and it was fun. We played like that every single day after school, and it was, it was always something going on. And it, it was great growing up like that and, and, and having the brothers and sisters uh, to fight amongst. But if anyone outside the family fought with one of the brothers and sisters, well, then you fought with all 13 of us. <laughs> <You bet. laughs> but but it, it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, and, and there was a lot of support from, from all the neighbors, too. And all the neighbors knew you. And for us, they didn't have any first names. It was, uh, oh, there's Mr. Soltis, Mrs. Soltis. It was always Mr. and Mrs. Sure. And, and it was like, Tommy, I see you. I know what you're doing there. And, and, yeah. But it, it was good. Uh, it, was, it was neat growing, in that, growing up in that kind of a setting. My dad was a supervisor in the post office, and he became sick around 1967 and with leukemia. And it took about two years, but in February of 69, he passed away. And my older brother, Jimmy, had just joined the Navy. And my sister had just gotten married, so I was the oldest at home. And it was tough. And I think back, uh, for my mom, I, I just can't imagine being a single mom with 11 kids. <laughs> 11 kids. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we reflect back and thank the Lord that uh, uh, she didn't drown half of us, which I probably would have if I had 11 of me. But uh, what was good... Uh, was in a situation where a family had 11 kids like that, the community support that we had. And it was uh, cousins, and you know, I, I wore hand-me-down clothes, and, and I joke with people that I had wore hand-me-down clothes, but I had two older sisters. And I say it as a joke, but I did wear hand-me-down clothes, and, or from cousins or neighbors, and, and they were mostly new or just outsized is all. And uh, it, was, it was the support of people, support of places like uh, the Lions Club and support of, of other nonprofits that once a year I would get a new coat or a new pair of shoes. And the way the community helped people, not, not all the time. I mean, we certainly stood on our own. We, we all had jobs. I started working when I was 13 years old with uh, delivering papers and then folding boxes in the bakery and and, and you always worked, and, and all the family worked, and we chipped in, so it was good. But it was, it was, a, it was a, a, a time when areas, neighborhoods were indeed that, neighborhoods where people stuck together, worked together. And it was fun growing up in that, in that era. It really was. Uh, I, I've been out of West Cranton I, I, after graduating high school. The day after graduation, I went into Summerstock Theater in the Poconos, and from there into a little broadcasting school in Manhattan, I did spend a, a year in Morristown, New Jersey, as a mailman. Less like all the Welbys were, were mailmen. Two of my uncles, my dad, another uncle in Very Jersey. Good. So I worked in Morristown, New Jersey. But then went to a little broadcasting school in Manhattan, lived there for a little while, and, and came out and became a radio disc jockey. Worked at a couple of radio stations, worked at WEJL and, and WEZX. We put on FM 107 in late 1976, and, and it was cool. It was the first rock radio station in the market. In the beginning, we didn't have any records. We had a station in Florida who used to make tapes for us. We'd play back ah. the tapes until we were able to establish our own library, which, which was interesting. But uh, 
Growing up in West Granton gave me roots from people helping me and our going out. We used to volunteer all the time, whether it was at St. Anne's or the Danny Thomas. He had a, a charity that, that we would go door to door every year and, and we volunteer for these different juvenile diabetes things. And, and it gave us a, just a, a, a position in, in our philosophy of life that service to humanity, as the JCs would say, service to humanity is the most important uh, work of life. But uh, yeah, it, it, so I, I grew up in Westside, stayed in Jersey for a year, in, in New York for less than a year. I've been in South Scranton for 32 years, 33 years now. But my daughter went to Scranton High, and I'd go to the games with her at Scranton High. It was so hard to cheer for Scranton High when they played Westside. <laughs> of course, I had to. <laughs> and, and as long as I've been at Southside, uh, I'm, I still feel like I'm a Westsider. You can imagine, sure. And you had a, a notable career locally with broadcast uh, stations locally. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because you're such a familiar face to businesses and people in the community that have worked with you. Can you give us a couple details about that? Yeah, and, and, and um, when I was, my first three years were in the radio station in Pittston, WPTS in Pittston. And uh, I started there in 1972. And we had the Agnes disaster at that time. And I was actually a news director at the station at the time. We were a tiny little station. And, and you were a news director uh, in the morning, and then a disc jockey, and then public service director in the afternoon. It was, it was just about that, Yikes. almost that serious. But but it was a good foundation for radio. You did everything, and that was terrific. And then I moved to WEJL, did a daytime shift there, and also the, wound up starting a Sunday afternoon disco show, Studio 63, we used to call it. I also reluctantly uh, became a nightclub DJ on the side. And I first started uh, spinning at a place up in, in uh, the Weldwood Complex, which uh, doesn't exist anymore, but they had a couple of nightclubs. Mine was the Odyssey. I used to go up and spin rock radio, uh, dance music rock radio. And then I started mixing in some dance music, some disco, and turned into a diehard disco oh, disc jockey in the nightclubs good. for about 10 years. Very good. And, 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 and that was fun, but uh, from 107, we put that on the air uh, in... December, I think, of 76, around 1980, we finally had enough records to go live. And, and, and that's when I, we originally called ourselves FM 107. And then in 1980, I, I was leaving. I was I moved into the commercial side of it and uh, switched it to Rock 107, your 24-hour rock concert. Okay. It's a familiar name. But it was, it, was, it was fun. Then uh, switched over to the commercial side and wrote and sold commercials, first with with 107 for a year, and then KRZ, and then moved into TV. Fox, I spent 15 years at Fox, and 10 years, almost 10 years, at WNEP. Well, I think we talked about this when I saw you recently somewhere, about your time at Fox with, you know, Topper's Clubhouse yes. and all the good programming that was on there for adults and kids at the time. That was a fun time growing up in the 90s when you would have been working there. It was really a lot of cool programming. You know, that Friday afternoon school, I'd wait to get home and see Topper's Clubhouse. So that was uh, some good memories. That you oh, absolutely. Were, we had a lot of local people that worked there that turned into characters, uh, Jeff the Nutty Buddy and, yeah. and, and different characters. And uh, we had Wolfie, and, and we all took turns uh, wearing the Wolfie outfit, uh, <laughs> which, which, which. <laughs> we did not know that that was on your resume. I don't, I don't know <laughs> no, if there's many other. Not many times, but yeah, I was Wolfie. I don't know yep. if there's many other members of the, of the Pennsylvania General Assembly who would say that they were, they were a character, a mascot character. That we is have, a good We one. have many characters down there, but you're right, probably. That is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is true. So very good. Great. And before we go uh, to a little bit more of your career recently, tell us a little bit about this building we're in here now, because I think you have some memory specific 
to activities and family history with this building and, and, and its history. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of people, just because it was so long ago, I mean, it, uh, uh, aren't aware of, of some of the issues or some of the, the, the uses of this building. It was built uh, around 1956, somewhere, somewhere in the mid-50s, 56, somewhere in the mid-50s. And um, it, it uh, was the home of the Lincoln Heights uh, American Legion post-920. And they, I forget where they were prior to that. But, but yeah, it was the Lincoln Heights American Legion, beautiful building and, and a lot of multiple uses for people in the neighborhood, very active as far as the, the veterans at that time. And, and uh, uh, I mean, they were only out of World War II for 10 years at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and my dad, uh, along with a lot of the neighborhood guys from St. Anne's, the Antosha family and, 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 and so many of the others, uh, worked really hard to get this building going. Uh, and my dad was, if not the first commander, one of the first commanders and served multiple years as, as the, the commander commandant of, of, of the post. And, and uh, in, in this room where we are, they used to hold bingos in here. I have to uh, kind of share with people that something that I shared with you guys prior to our sitting down is myself and other people who will go nameless, we would open up the door of the hall when they were doing the bingo and yell in, bingo! And then they'd start screaming, don't clear your cards, don't clear your cards, they're just kids! <laughs> but uh, it was, a, it was a, a well used facility, it was a lot of fun, they had a lot of dinners here, a lot of dances, a lot of fundraisers. And, and the, 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 just because of, uh, the, as we see with all, a lot of American legions and VFWs, uh, the members uh, are getting older and not as active, and uh, the the use of it uh, just just stopped. And they they sold the building eventually to St. Anne's Credit Union, I believe, was the first one uh, that took mm -hmm. it over. And then there was another credit union, uh, I believe, that was based in Wilkesbury, that took it over. Uh, the building just uh, wasn't being used like it was intended originally. And then NeighborWorks popped up and did an inspection and view of the building and. And said, "Boy, this is a great building. You know, this is something that we could use." And and you took it over, and it and it's so good. You allow the community to use it. And as you pointed out to me, and and I witnessed firsthand here, you got the the post nine twenty who during the COVID period they had their meetings at Kill Coins, and Tommy Coin at Kill Coins was kind enough to give them oh, his his facility to have their meetings. But here was the, the gentleman and, and some one or two of the original members uh, that, that you brought back into this building where, they, where their home was, and, and they have their meetings here now. They do. They do, and we're pleased to have that, um, the group back, you know, to have the post be able to meet here and come in here, and we've got a facility that's safe and that has parking and that's, you know, that's all squared away and, and good for their use. So we're delighted to have that, um, you know, that, that them be able to come back and be part of the building. And we see that heritage. Sometimes people will call us or stop in here and say, hey, I remember when the post was here. I remember when it was credit union. Uh, so we see that reflected by a lot of people who have the memories, they have the experiences here uh, to be able to come back and, and associate us with that. So we always try to live up to that legacy and make sure we respect it and, and embrace it, uh, most notably by having those guys be able to come in here and, and meet with and and, and and you open it up to other groups too which 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 i'm i'm, I'm well aware of uh, mm -hmm. uh we've had land bank meetings here we've had a bunch of different meetings here and it's it's so good that you you use this building for community use sure yeah we try to be good stewards of the community so if we can partner yeah, you guys don't try you do, do it that. oh thank yeah. you sir we appreciate it so very good so before uh you assumed your current office you had served in 
not as the elected representative, but as a as a, sta- a top level staff person to the previous occupant of the office, who is now State Senator Marty Flynn. So, if you could tell us a little bit about how you came uh, into that role, I think it had just been when you transitioned out of your last media role. It was a short time, I think, until you came into working uh, for the office, and now here you are in the office as the elected representative. So tell us a little bit about how you came on board and maybe some of the, the challenges and some of the, the opportunities and things that you've seen in that time. Well, the, the, um, uh, you're right. Uh, for eight and a half years, I served as then representative, now Senator Marty Flynn uh, as his chief of staff. And, and prior to that, um, in, in 2011, 2012, I uh, retired from WNEP. Late 2011, I retired from WNEP uh, with the intention of just doing public service work. I mean, it was a getting of the age where a lot of people my age were passing away and, and some suddenly. And, and, and I talked with my wife and, and said that I'd like to get some things done before that bus that's out there looking for me gets me. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to do sure. public service work and, and, and do that. And I did. I, I, I served on the Visitors Bureau board for about 17 years, a couple of years as chair. I, I served on Lackawanna Heritage Valley's board a couple of years as chair, and 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 uh, a lot of other groups as well, uh, volunteering and and I particularly liked Lackawanna Heritage Valley, and and okay. during that time we developed, started and developed a lot of the trails uh, that exist now, and and that group continues the same mission. They're growing those trails now. They're going up and and doing the links in the the mid valley that existed before, and now moving south. And the intention is to to hook up where it ends in Taylor, hook it up down into Pittston, which then hooks up with the the, the trail in Luzerne County and, and the levee in, 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 in Wilkesbury and Kingston in 44, which uh, I spent 10 years living in Wilkesbury from 80 to 89 or 90. And, and um, it's a well-used trail down there. It's Indeed. A, it's a great area. It's a beautiful trail. So we want to link up with them. I say we. I've been out of there for three years, and I still say we. Right. But well, but uh, but yeah. So so there, there's there's I I did that just to do public service work, and, and I was enjoying it. I, 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 uh, Marty came to me, his people came to me, and said, "We'd like for you to work for us." And I said, "No, I'm, I'm doing public service work, and that's it." And they asked multiple times, and I said, "No, multiple times." <laughs> I just didn't want it. I looked at it as political, and I just did not want to be a part of it. And they reminded me and reinforced to me that I can do the same work that I'm doing in public service that I was volunteering for but doing it uh, working for him. And, and uh, they suggested whether, at the time I believed it or not, they suggested that, that perhaps acting as the state representative's chief, I might get a little more results when I call. And it's true. Mm-hmm. When, when I call and ask for help with, with something, and I say it's uh, Tom Welby from Scranton, there's a pretty good chance nobody's <laughs> going to pick up the phone or return the call or even take note of the call. But when I call or, or send an email with a signature of uh, Tom Welby, Chief of Staff, State Representative Marty Flynn, I'll tell you, it did get results. Oh, and I people bet. do respond. And, and I mean, I wasn't about to tell them that Chief of Staff was a staff of three, including me. <laughs> but, but that's okay. I, I used that title in, in, in work. And sure. working for Marty during that time was different than working for a lot of other elected officials. If you called or if you called and said, there's a pothole out in front of my house that the trucks go by at one in the morning and it rattles the house here. It's so bad. Or the neighbor outside uh, next to me doesn't cut his grass. It's, it's been abandoned. Something has to be done. Or uh, we, we had 
uh, different people call with different city or municipal or issues that aren't state related. They aren't legislative related and they have nothing to do with our office. And, and I know what offices do. They say, here's the number for city hall or just say, call city hall or call DPW or call the county or call the gas company or, or PPL, whomever it is. And, and that's it. But Marty, when the, that was the reaction from our staff as well, where it's like call whomever is the person that would deal with the problem. No. And, and I spent eight and a half years going out taking pictures of potholes, covering over graffiti. That was a big one, covering over yeah. graffiti. It's something that still bothers Marty and still bothers me. So yeah, we were, we were out. I can't tell you how many clothes, shoes, slacks, and shirts and jackets that I ruined splashing the paint on me. Oh, <laughs> well, we've we've but, seen you out there with the graffiti yeah, removal yeah. over the years, so that is cer certainly commendable. And I but that that was nice, and that was a good thing about about working for Rep Flynn, and I'm continuing it in my office. If somebody's a problem, we do what we can. We don't go out and do everything. We don't go out and cut the grass, although. Like you people at NeighborWorks, sometimes you do. Right. <laughs> sometimes you do. But, but uh, yeah, so it's good to work in a state representative's office and now in my office where we try to help people as much as we can. We don't do everything for them, but we try to help them as much as we can. Well, I think, Tom, I have that experience of working with you in, in the office um, when I worked at the county prior to coming here at NeighborWorks, and people would often call us in similar situations, and it was always good to be able to link up with you and others um, to be able to try to help facilitate those warm handoffs and not just dump people with, you know, a number or a referral, but also try to help them get set up to try to resolve their situation. So I understand that and I appreciate, you know, you being able to do that very well and staff, you know, being able to do that very well in that office over those years. I particularly remember you really being super active during the water main break in South Scranton back in 2014, I think, uh, was well, early 2014, that, yeah. and like almost all of Southside was out of water, and people were calling us saying, where do we get water? And I remember you going, you know, double, triple high gear to try to make, you know, some positive relief happen there until the water came back on. And again, a tough situation. You know, I remember my friend Susan from Pennsylvania American Water, uh, you know, posting photos and updates about that, what was going on, and, uh, you know, it was a complex repair. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, you know, your your good work there was uh, most evident. I think that's, if somebody asked me, what do I remember best from your time, that would be uh, one of the one of the highlights, I think, from your uh, time that, in, that's, in the office. That's, that's uh, I'm surprised you remember. It was one of the few times well. that I, where I blew my top and, and, and wouldn't accept They're saying, oh, we're going to have some water at this. No, you're not going to have it out there tomorrow or next week. Go get a water buffalo. Go get something. Do something. And and pushed and pushed and pushed and and. and yeah, it was like late night, early in the morning. Early yeah. in the morning, like one in the morning. Uh, not not seven in the morning, but one in the <laughs> yeah. morning. And, was, uh... and uh, they, Pennsylvania American Water came out, and, and they did become very responsible on that. And they were handing out cases and cases of water, filling up from the water buffaloes, filling up containers mm -hmm. that people had, and, and did multiple containers. They had it at, at, at a firehouse in Westside uh, on Luzerne Street. They had it uh, on Pittston Avenue up in the mountain. It was they, yeah. they, they did rise up, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we remember that good work, so hats off to you for it. And I feel like a lot of that work really helps uh, humanize the office, too, and it makes people see, oh, this office is actually going out there and helping people, and especially mm -hmm. in this age where a lot of like distrust in public officials, I think that really helps uh, establish credibility and it makes people trustful. Yeah. I hope so, and I mean, I, I get the distrust that we have in public officials, and I, I hope that what I and, and other people uh, do working in public service, working in, in, as a public official, do the right thing because we have too many people 
that aren't in it for the right reason, which is horrible. And it's it's not just one side. We see it everywhere. We see it at the, the local level, the county level, the state level, and the federal level. It, but it, it's good to see people get involved, in, and, and I urge people to step up and, and, and not be intimidated by by the wrong that's that's done out there and, and not to be torn down by it, but to go in and do their own fight and know that they can make a difference. I, I don't want to do a commercial here, but where where did we have, prior to NeighborWorks and, and UNC to some degree too, uh, where do we have where an organization is coming in and, and helping people? And I know it sounds like a, a commercial, but but it's true. I've seen the work that you guys have done from day number one. You come in, and, and there's two people that I know, one on either side of me uh, in South Scranton, that you help to stay in their home. These are people, the one is 91 years old now, the other passed away, but before he did, he didn't go into a nursing home. You guys helped to fix up his house that allowed him to stay in his home, and he passed away there, and, and, and I don't mean that in, in a... It, certainly, it's a negative thing, but no, but no, you allowed him to stay in his home and with his family uh, coming to see him and 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 not being worried about the condition of his home. It's it's just that didn't exist before. When you have, granted, with COVID, it didn't happen so much, but you have people come in from all over the eastern part of the country, maybe even further away than that, and you'll get all these hundred people and and more, and these people pay their own way. True. They pay their room True. and board. It costs them four and five hundred dollars to come in for a week and go around our community painting porches, putting in new porches, putting in ramps. Uh, it, it's just amazing. The, the, the first year or two I tried to help you with it, finding the, the homes uh, to do, no one believed it. They said, what kind of scam is this? <laughs> no. It says, what's, what's the deal? And, and it took a couple of years for people to realize, hey, this is real. They really come in and fix up homes. And there's so many, so many people, whether they show it to you or not, uh, that are appreciative and grateful for what NeighborWorks does. Where did, we didn't have that before. We really didn't. Not, not a sales pitch. We didn't. Oh, thank you. Sure. And we're so happy to see the aging in place work happen. You know, when we help people such as the folks you just mentioned, not only does it help that person to be more healthy physically and, and emotionally to be able to stay in their homes, but it also helps the neighborhood because those folks are really neighborhood cornerstones and they know the community, they're friends with their neighbors. And the more people we can keep living happily and healthy like that, we think the better the health of the neighborhood is. And the program in the summer will be returning this summer. We'll have more details on that. Uh, coming up. We do have plans to bring back that large number of volunteers to do community service projects for older adults. So stay tuned for more details because we do have that returning. I That's know I, I had just come on the board actually with, with you at the time. We had actually um, both right. filled some vacancies yeah. on the board and it was kind of a, a short time between our, our next evolutions in our careers and where we were on, on the board at the time. But I think that last uh, group that came in back in 2019 was that week that we joined the board together. So uh, it's been a little while, but we're looking forward to having uh, you know those volunteers back to really do some good work out there in the community. And, and also at that, at that not at the same time, but as part of the programs of your outreach, uh, I know with these these two neighbors uh, that that you also hooked them up with the Scranton Fire Department and and, and through mm-hmm. the mayor's office, where they had uh, smoke detectors installed, multiple smoke detectors. They came in and said, "Okay, anyone here, 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 and here." And, and install them, and and you did that with multiple homes through, sure. with the, with the aid of the fire department, and 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 who knows, 
uh, how many lives we 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 we'll never know how many lives were saved because the lives were saved and and right. and the alarm went off and people got out of their house or or stopped the fire before it spread uh, because of things like that. It, uh, great news that that never happened. Yeah, and we're so happy to do those initiatives. Sometimes you know, there's a great history here, as you've seen, where we've partnered with so many organizations and we've done so many service type programs that it's just a long list of of good things. And we always try, you know, to do more of them. We always try where we can to you know expand them, partner with different groups and entities out there, whether they be private sector businesses, whether they be other branches of government, whether they be other nonprofits. Lots of different opportunities yeah. out there for service. So we're glad that you've seen so many of them and supported so many of them over the years in I those capacities. I love also seeing you working with the different organizations. Some nonprofits uh, look at each other as competitive. And, and I mean, look at the work you're doing now with UNC, United Neighborhood Centers, doing some great stuff there. And, and, and also uh, the things that you've done that, that I didn't mention before, you, you, you briefly touched on the, the Beautiful Blocks program, mm. which yeah. is helping to clean up all of these neighborhoods uh, and, and that's another one that people said, oh, you're going to pay half of the, the repairs, half of the fix-up to my, my, my house. And, and again, people are saying, what's the catch here? <laughs> uh, well, the, but it's real. As the person who does the intake and the management of that program, and I've got a lot of intake stuff on my computer right now, as Parker knows, sitting yes. across the desk from me, that yeah. is my big every, task at the moment. Every five or ten minutes, there's the phone. It's like, yeah. oh, it's Gerard there. It's like, oh, that's here you go, Gerard. <laughs> yes, indeed. Blocks. So uh, when we're doing that, you know, that's, uh, you know, people have approaches and said, is this for real? How does this work? Now that we've got some traction out there, we see less of those questions. But yeah, but that's another investment into neighborhoods where we help groups of neighbors to come together and not just do the improvements on their homes physically and reduce the blight, prevent the blight, but we also get the neighbors talking, the neighbors communicating. Sometimes neighbors have known each other for a long time. Some of them have just moved in recently, and we help to build and strengthen those connections among neighbors. So it's, and, it's fun. And, and that's so true. And, and uh, I know in the Hill section, you've created situations where the neighbors three houses up did not know them mm-hmm. at all. I mean, it's, it's different from, from when I grew up. It was a neighborhood. But even me, uh, up until recently, and actually Beautiful Blocks two years ago was, was part of the impetus for it, literally no exaggeration shame on me but three houses up i didn't know their name three houses down i didn't know their name across the street and up one i didn't know their name sure but but just like in 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 my block we do know each other now and and not just wave as we go by and we always have but i didn't know their name i didn't stop and and walk up when they're standing out in the yard and converse with them i do now and and i know all through the hill section and parts of orham street uh, and, and other neighbors that, that I'm not aware of uh, throughout the region, you help to unify a neighborhood and make it a mm-hmm. neighborhood again. That's <laughs> what we like to do. So we we agree. I think a lot of it is just we we believe in the community. And it's hard to make change at a micro level. But if you could you know, get a group of people together on a single city block or like a couple of volunteers come together to paint a house, on that micro level, at that grassroots level, over the years, you're able to see the change that that's able to make, and you're able to foster that uh, community uh, togetherness. Yeah, yep. I've witnessed it, and, and, and I can attest that it's real at work. Well, we won't keep you too much longer, sir. We know you've got a full calendar, and we see you out so often. You know, when I'm out in the community or any of us, we see it's not a surprise to see you walking up the street or down the corridor. Uh, but tell us just a little bit about some of our work in West Scranton, what you see from the West Granton neighborhood plan. Now we've had several years of, of design and 
strategizing and implementation, we're in the early stages now. So just tell us a little bit about some of the excitement you've seen, some of the progress you've seen in our work. Well, it, it, to me, even though I live in Southside, I see it all the time, and I hear people talking about it too. Uh, the things that there's an area of Luzerne Street about a block up from Main Avenue going towards West Granton High School. As you're going up, it's on your right-hand side, and it's a, it's a blighted area, and, and it has been for, gosh, at least 10 years. People have been complaining about it, and they, they used to complain uh, into Marty's office. And you go down and you clean it up, and two weeks later, and I say clean it up, it's because people have thrown tires in there, they've thrown pieces of furniture in there, they throw piece the, the televisions in there. It's all overgrown. Nobody cuts, and, and it's there's there's a found pieces of foundation from a previous structure in 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 that area too, which complicates things. And they throw the garbage behind the wall, and you walk back there and you see three TVs sitting back there. Uh, but that was an area that we try to clean up once or twice and, and you can't, you can't keep up with it. And people get upset about it. And NeighborWorks stepped up. Is it about two years ago that, that you brought attention to that and started cleaning it up and started working and making clear to people through some of the surveys that you're doing and some of the door-to-door that uh, your employees and volunteers have done, sharing with people uh, the desire uh, to get things done and what is sure. it that, that, that bothers them most and what would they like to see done. And, and they're seeing it, hearing it, and, and now believing it. And, and, and that area, I know, is a, a target of yours, and a lot of people are really excited about that. Uh, the, the you talking, you all talking with a lot of the businesses, not just the homeowners. We've talked about the residential part of it. But talking with the businesses up and down Main Avenue and talking with them about the restoration of, of a lot of their areas and, and helping to fix it up and, and helping to fix up. A, there's, there's a park further up on Main Avenue. It's in about the, what would it be, the one or 200 block of North Main Avenue. Uh, it's in a, a, a nice little business community area. Uh, Vincenzo's Pizza is there. There's a, a wine place across the street. There's a public parking lot across the street. But it's a little park that had been kind of abandoned, and, and I forget the name of it. We It's Allen Park you're thinking of. We, we had another Allen nickname park. for it. True, and and, and, and we um, came across but, that in the surveying we did quite a bit. You all have been working on that, and people know that that's being cleaned up, and the plans that you have for there are, are wonderful. It'll be a community park again, which is terrific, especially with the potential that it has with the little businesses around there. And Vincenzo's is expanding and putting a cafe in there, uh, the the wine bar across the street, the Wiener Place that's right there, and, sure, and the parking lot. You've got parking lot parking right there to 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 add to the use of that sure. as an accessible piece of property, not just from the immediate neighbors, but for people to drive down from other parts of Westside or other parts of the city, park there and participate in what you have planned in, 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 in some of the growth or some of the, the changes that you plan there uh, that other people will be able to do some, some community things there. But your communication with not just the residents, which resonates and has for years because of the things that you've done from, from the beautiful blocks right up through all the other things you're doing, and, and, and including the tools that you make available in the trailer for the neighbors. <laughs> but, but you reaching out now to the businesses is bringing it full circle of, of the entire community being involved uh, because of neighbor works. True. And the two sites you had mentioned, both the Luzerne Street lots as well as Allen Park, are two of our catalyst sites in the West Granton Neighborhood Plan, which we identified uh, in our planning process as places where we can both improve and also grow amenities, services, uh, programming in the community where, you know, people connect and people really feel the neighborhood pride and enjoy yeah. 
the neighborhood quite a bit. So we did do some cleanup work on those lots. That yeah. that came after the surveying, and that was before Parker was here and, and some of our other folks. But we did yeah. that door to door, you know, surveying um, in the neighborhood, and that was some of our last pre COVID work with the West Grantham plan. So we were fortunate to get it in at that point early in 2020. It was a little bit cold outside, but we had some good right. days walking in the neighborhood. I really enjoyed uh, going door to door for some of that work when we had to do it. And then being able to clean up the lots a little bit later in the picture then and also do some improvement work, which we have planned for Allen Park and for particularly the parking lot across the street, which is a great community resource. Not many yeah. people know that that is a public parking lot that anyone patronizing one of the businesses can come in and use. So we've got some exciting upgrades. And, and there's a lot that you're there. doing that people aren't aware of. And, and, and one of them, I, I don't think I'm mistaken in this, but there's another stretch that we used to get a lot of complaints about and probably still do. Uh, uh, they might be calling Marty's office directly about a lot of it. Uh, there's there's a stretch of area uh, on, on about the eight or 900 block of North Main Avenue. As you're coming uh, up North Main Avenue, before you head into North Scranton, you come, come down this little incline before you turn mm -hmm. under the railroad pass and, and the expressway. And on your right-hand side there is almost a block long of abandoned property uh, that was cleared for whatever reason years and years ago. And the grass grows there. I don't say, gr I shouldn't say grass. <laughs> it's not grass. Sure. But it, 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 uh, it's a blighted property, and, and, and it's unfortunate that, that uh, it is. Uh, I was down there personally uh, uh, cutting it and, and, and whacking it. We had about eight or ten neighbors came out to help out. And, and it took a full day of, of all of us uh, trying, to, trying to cut that and maintain it. Now I believe Scranton Redevelopment Authority or, or, or Land Bank and you all are helping to keep that at least cut down and, and, and manageable. But I know you have plans on, on cleaning that up we and do. making that. Uh, we uh, do. So stay tuned for that also. More, more good things to come. So absolutely. We thank you for all of your good work in helping to support us both on your previous role and now as an elected official, you know, the partnerships that we have uh, can't happen without good support from our legislative partners and uh, at the state, you know, the local, state, and federal level. So thank you for all of that work. Um, not just everything you've done before that, but especially now, we appreciate your your service certainly. Thank you for saying that. And and anything you need as far as legislation, if you see legislation out there that another state is doing that you think we should adopt, I mean, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. If somebody's mm -hmm. doing it right. Uh, we'd like to to put something like that into action, into force, and and and, and do something. Thank you to NeighborWorks. Well, I mean, you, you all are are are. are I, I wish we could clone you a hundred times. <laughs> I don't know if you want a hundred of us running around, but, but <laughs> actually, we'll, uh, we do. Well, we'll we'll keep trying to do our best with what we can and with all the support we get. So, thank you, sir, for coming in. We appreciate anything to wrap up, Parker. All right. Yeah. Again, just echoing what Gerard said. Thank you so much for coming on and. We appreciate your insights and just the great discussion. And uh, for those tuning in, you could tune in every third Friday in the afternoons when we usually put these episodes up. Make sure to uh, comment and subscribe and uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Thank right. you, sir. Thank you.